This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and we are back with another incredible episode of the official Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. As I've said in the past, we've been doing kind of sporadic releases. I was going to get back to you every round ending in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I hope you've been enjoying completely stress-free as the Washington Capitals are not in the running. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to do some general league news. Um, we're going to be talking about Hershey, who's on an absolute fucking heater, which is great. Uh, and, of course, we'll be talking about any Caps news that I've, I've picked up. And obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs, which have taken quite an interesting turn. Uh, I'm glad I didn't fill out a bracket this year because, wow, I would have been out immediately. Immediately out. First round would have been cooked. Second round would have just final nail on the coffin. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea who's going to win the cup. But I at least can pontificate a little bit about it here with you. So thanks for sparing with us. If you're an OG, love you, mean it. If you're new to it, welcome. Uh, Let's pop some tabs and get into it. One, two, three. All right. So started off with a little bit of bad news and kind of befuddling news, if you will. The shitbird voters of Tempe actually rejected the Yotes new arena proposal. Um, That is a huge blow to keeping the team in the Phoenix area. Uh, they were, you know, by all accounts, the mayor of the city, like the the NHL, everybody who kind of knew the deal said that this was going to be an, an awesome deal for Tempe residents, literally turning a landfill into a landmark is what they said. And it was noted to be the best sports deal in Arizona history. You know, this could be a little bit of marking. There could be a spin on this. But from what I've read. You know, billions of dollars and over 6,000 jobs would have been injected into the area, permanent jobs, for this, with this development plan. I mean, dude, they were going to go for, they were going for it. They were going to do an arena, an entertainment district with like shops and restaurants that did not look small by any means, basically a whole strip mall. And then on top of that, they were going to do a music venue as well. So just tons of endless opportunity for growing the economy of the area. And it all kind of got hung up on the residents being upset that $40 million would possibly need to be paid for by the city to lay infrastructure. Um, I, but, you know, if you're going to develop any area, $40 million does not seem like a very steep thing to do when you're actually taking a literal landfill and putting city infrastructure underneath it for the size of this kind of compound that they had going. So I think that's a real big L. For Arizona, I think it's a real big L for Tempe especially. Um, that would suck. I mean, that sucks. And and now, obviously, the the Coyotes are reeling. They're going to play in Mullet next year, which, selfishly as a fan, I might need to go out and get into a fucking game in Arizona, play some golf, watch the Yotes and the Caps maybe play out there. What an awesome environment that would be. A college arena with NHL talent. I mean, just for from the fans' perspective, that's got to be awesome. I know tickets are a little bit more expensive, but they're really not 
crazy prices, not like you're paying Toronto fucking prices for these tickets. So um, really disappointing to see that happen because honestly, I really feel for the Phoenix fans, or I mean, I'm sorry, the Arizona fans now. That's how old I am. But yeah, it just seems like a just a, a total ball drop. And it does actually, you know, I think it, it does threaten the future of uh, Arizona hockey team, which would be sad. So, you know, whatever it may be, um, that's news. If, if, if I hear anything else, obviously we'll update you later. It's definitely league-wide, something that, the, that fans should be paying attention to because it could be, you know, this could be the final failure of a team in the NHL. And that hasn't really happened in a relocation since the Atlanta Thrashers moving to Winnipeg, I want to say. No team's actually folded, which is a good thing. Like, completely gone off off the uh, league roster. But And I don't believe that that'll happen this time. But they may relocate to a different state, which, again, would be sad. <clears throat> Some interesting news that I, that I did pick up, too, on NHL.com. Lindy motherfucking Ruff going to be the Devils coach, head coach next season. Holy shit, that seems like a surprise, especially because Andrew Burnett was waiting for his chance, you know, just kind of lurking in the background. Um, obviously, Burnett's contributions have been noticeable, but also you look at Lindy Ruff and, you know, he's he was the guy responsible for it all. At the end of the day, he had he was the one that had to pay the piper if things went bad. And for the Devils, they went really well this season. Um, in the beginning of the season, I told you guys, we can't sleep on the Devils. And lo and behold, I believe they ended a second in the Metro, which is amazing for them. Really good young team with a lot of potential. So uh, so speaking of that potential, though, let's talk about the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. In the second round, we did have Carolina versus New Jersey. Now, New Jersey pulled it out against the Rangers, and then they'd come in. I thought I picked New Jersey here because I was just bandwagoning hard on, you know, getting Lindy a cup finally um, and, you know, looking at that young squad and, and seeing how exciting the hockey that they play is, which is a stark contrast from what they were previously successful in in the Brodeur era, which was really the trap, the the shutdown defensive kind of slog the game down and bang in some dirty goals. Uh, now they're more of a much more of a speed fast, speedy, young team that's incredibly exciting to watch uh, and who can score in, in bunches and also has a pretty good uh, pretty good backstop there in Akira Schmidt who who really came came to his own. So bright future for New Jersey. Um, interesting to see that Lindy will be back. So I, I again, I think that this was New Jersey's coming out party. I don't think that you can sleep on them next year. Uh, unfortunately though, they did drop the series to Carolina in five. Carolina looks pretty damn good. I don't know. Uh, you know, this is not who I I thought Carolina would do well, but they were banged up going to the playoffs. I think a lot of people wrote them off, including myself. And now here we are, they're in a, they're in an Eastern conference final. They will be playing Florida who absolutely waffle stomped Toronto in five games. Now, I think if, if you're on Twitter, you may have seen the Sean Avery clip, which, you know, I don't know if you want to really take Sean Avery seriously, but he said, Florida is going to feed Toronto with a baby spoon and they're absolutely going to murder this team in, in the second round. And 
God damn it, Sean Avery was right. Uh, that's probably the first time that's ever been said on, on the internet. So Sean Avery was right though. Toronto fell flat, got out of the first round, couldn't get out of the second. Florida looks like they're an unstoppable force at this point. Um, incredibly surprising as well. Uh, so that was an underdog winning. Um, and then you've got the stars and Seattle. I picked Toronto, by the way, I picked Toronto. I, th- I said the Stars would beat the Kraken. The Kraken put together an incredible season. You know, second year in, doing really well. They have they can bow out of the playoffs. They were a hard out. Uh, the Stars had to take it to seven to win. Um, and they were pretty close games. I think that the, the Kraken are finally starting to get it together. And you look at how, this, how Seattle is doing in, in juxtaposition to Vegas... And I don't want to hear any Vegas fan ever complain about any league, anything. You know, them being the first expansion team in this era benefited them greatly. First of all, the rules were completely changed. Seattle got the same rules. But because it was the first time, GMs absolutely shit the bed and panicked league-wide. And Vegas basically took advantage of it, uh, which they should have. But... Man, looking at the two drafts, Vegas versus Seattle, stark contrasts and in, in differences there. Um, so, yeah, Vegas got handed a lot, and Seattle got a good team. And look, they're building through the draft, and they're doing it right. Good for them. Um, they're going to be a competitive team in the future for sure. So, Stars win in seven. I That was the only pick I got right this, this round. And then Vegas and Edmonton. I picked Edmonton just because I hate Vegas, but Vegas ended up winning in six. Tough to see the 300-point scores on the Edmonton squad taken early out. Uh, I think that they really thought they had something special. And to be honest, they did. I mean, they had a lot of guys that could put the puck in the back of the net. I think ultimately the Oilers may want to upgrade in the defensive uh, in their decor. And then also... Even though they did, they tried, but I mean, they and the deadline, but they, they, I think they need one more piece there and then maybe some stronger goaltending. And then ultimately, like Toronto, they just need to get everybody pulling on the rope at the same time. And Edmonton will likely be, you know, an un- unstoppable force. But man, right now Vegas is cooking. Um, and, and they won in six. So that leaves us for the Eastern Conference finals, a Canes versus Panthers. Uh, I have the Canes in seven. I think Rob the Bod's going to do it this year, and I think that the Canes are going to win the Stanley Cup. Primarily because I hate all the other three teams that are on. I don't hate it, but I, I don't like the three teams that are still in. Right, The Panthers quickly just becoming one of my most hated teams. I don't know why. I have no real explanation. They knocked the... They knock the uh, caps out of the playoffs last time we made it that hurt especially because we had opportunities to close the door during that series and we didn't uh, instead we just busted it wide open and then on top of that you know the 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 Knights how can we ever love them as Caps fans we can't like the the Golden Knights look at them for all of the reasons that I just explained and then there's the Stars who I really like that's a cool young team. I really like, I love Jason Robertson. Um, 
I think that finally they have like a good blend of, of veteran leadership. I mean, Pavelski's having a, a had a, a four goal game at one point. There's been two four goal games by players uh, this playoffs, and he's got one of them. Really impressive stuff. So I've got the Stars in six, the Kings in seven, and then I think that the Canes are going to beat the Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals. You heard it here first. Take it to the bank. Um, Gudis and Stevenson remain the only two ex-caps still in the running to win a cup, uh, which is crazy because there were a ton of ex-caps that were, you know, in the playoff positions. And, you know, we can bemoan, uh, you know, the letting these players go if we want. But at the same time, you know, whatever. Ooh, you know what? The Stars, didn't we have Faxa at some point? Mm. It might be three. It might be three. Anyways, I read it was two, so we'll just go with that. Um, so that's the playoffs, folks. Starting tonight, Thursday, uh, when I'm, I'm releasing this pod a little late, but starting tonight, we're going to see the Kansas Panthers, and I'm all about the, the surge, the storm surge for sure. I want to see Rod the Bod win a Stanley Cup and just absolutely flex so hard as he's raising it that all of his clothes just just shred off his body because he's so jacked. Um, that would be awesome to see, you know, not in a sexual way, just in a purely dominant uh, Rod the Bod way. Um, so, hey, that's hockey. That's what's going on right now. Um, tell me who you got in the comments for sure. Let me know. Tweet me at HockeyTrollin or at uh, CapsChirp. And I want to know what you guys think, because honestly, my bracket, the the bracket that I had put together, if I would have put one together, it would be absolutely in shambles right now. Uh, So not a great look for me. Um, I must be out of touch. That just must be it. But there's been some upsets and, you know, with the Bruins going out, it kind of, I think, took the air out of a lot of my hockey watching. But I'm definitely going to be tuning in to this Eastern Conference final here. And after that gets done, we'll release another episode and we'll talk all about it. But, you know, speaking of these uh, these picks and taking it to the bank, DraftKings Sportsbook is the app that you need to download to do that. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet a... F- Make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. There's a ton of games that you can bet on. All you have to do is make a $5 bet and just grab those bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny Four six seven three six nine in Kansas. Call one eight hundred five two two four forty seven hundred. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City, twenty one and older. Most eligible states in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. For offer details, see DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. We also have another sponsor, Raycon, right here. If you're tuning into the stream, I made a little like uh, sign for for the stream. 
uh, as contractually obligated. But also, you know, let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations and our bank account somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission to prove that you shouldn't the Raycon's mission to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound, essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of pro product protection insurance for just a few bucks and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping they have over 50,000 five-star reviews three customizable sound profiles earbud tap functions noise isolation wireless or awareness mode custom gel tips for the perfect fit, most comfortable fit and crystal clear call quality water and sweat resistant eight hours of play time go by Ray, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's by Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off by Raycon.com slash THPN. Go get those earbuds, save some money and thank us later. Also check out DraftKings, you gambling degenerates out there, you know you want to. All right, let's talk about the Washington Capitals in this week's Washington Wraparound. All right, so if you hadn't heard, the Washington Capitals are going to be picking pretty damn high in this offseason. You know, there was a lot of buzz around, we should tank and, you know, get that extra percentage to get Connor Bedard. That uh, ultimately didn't happen. <clears throat> the Caps ended up getting the eighth pick overall, which is still good. Really good, actually. There's some buzz around uh, Matt... Matt V. Mitchkov, um, getting him looks like a high-powered forward, and that would definitely bolster the ranks for sure. I think that there's a there's a perception that this year's draft pick we will see in the 23-24 season. I'm not convinced. I don't know. Draft picks are crazy, even in the first round. I always say that like there's like 20% chance that in the first round, 20% of those players will make will play in over 100 NHL games, right? So it's a crapshoot, but we are picking low or high, I should say. We're picking high because we finished low. Um, and this could be a bona fide NHL talent that we pick up, regardless of who we pick up in this draft. It could be a couple too. So this is all really good stuff. We've got lots of things to leverage. And who knows, we may, not, we may even leverage that pick for a here and now player. We are still in win now mode, folks. So the the promise from McClellan Leonsis is that the Capitals will be competitive, a playoff team every year that Ovechkin is on the team. There's still a couple years left on that contract. He's definite like the, the caps are reloading and I, I assume that they're going to spend expect actually that they're going to spend to the cap and do everything they can to make 
this next year's team as competitive as possible. A cup-winning team, if you will. The draft date will be Wednesday, June 28th, and Thursday, June 29th. So definitely tune into that. There's going to be a lot of drama, I'm sure. St. Thomas, a.k.a. Tom Wilson, is the CAPS nomination for the King Clancy Memorial Award. The King Clancy Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution to his community. So it's really like a community service award, which is great. I'm pumped that, you know, it's awesome that most major leagues have something like this. But, you know, I think that the hockey world definitely does this you know, to the max. And, uh, and I'm really pumped that Wilson is uh, nominated. I think he's been nominated before and I'd love to see him win it. Uh, he actively gives back to the community through two player programs as well as being involved in many, uh, team initiatives throughout the season. Willie's started a 43s friends organization that helps kids for make a wish uh, get to games. He also expanded that program to include families selected by the United Heroes League, who are service members and vets. You know, not only do they get to go to the game in like a suite, typically, uh, you know, a box seat, but they also get to spend one-on-one time with Tom Wilson. I think that would be an awesome opportunity for any Caps fan, and it really, you know, hopefully makes these kids days and and you know is something that they'll remember. And for all of the vets and stuff that they do this with too, he. Uh, Wilson, Backstrom, and Faviari are also part of the So Kids Can organization with Elliot Siegel from Elliot in the Morning. Each person, uh, all four of these guys, pledges $50 per regular season win and $100 per playoff win to a youth-focused nonprofit. This year, they earned $32K for the Playtime Project. So good on them. This is awesome. Uh, I'm really hoping that uh, you know Tom Wilson gets gets some recognition for this. Um, love to see him doing that outreach in the community. On to some darker news. Kuznetsov drama continues. His friend slash agent has come out and said that he doesn't like the Caps and it could be because Lavi tried to make him play better and he didn't like that. Uh, so I think that, you know, the Washington Capitals may be shopping him. I think that they've always been shopping Kuznetsov. Let's be honest. I think that they just weren't ready to pull the trigger because I bet they were getting lowballed to hell. Um, in the past few seasons, Kuznetsov has really only had one outstanding one, um, and it wasn't even it wasn't really 2018 esque uh, in the sense of ultimate performance. So, you know, especially in the playoffs, you know, getting through that. Uh, he, uh, you know, if you'll remember, there was a rumor that he spoke to a Russian publication and, you know, whatever that may be, he said that he didn't like the Caps and wanted to move on and was requested a trade and actually had requested a trade several times or more than once in, in past seasons. He came out and squashed that pretty quick and said, you know, that the Russian media was just trying to get Instagram likes and clout. Well, turns out that actually he's that's back on, and Kuzi has not come out and said that that's not the case. Uh, with the news being broken from his agent, um, you know, when I hear this and it's Russian news media and it's a one-on-one interview with Kuznetsov, I think you know that's that's just one could be lost in translation. 
too. That could just be kind of a, a soundbite pulled out of context and, and you know, they're running with it. But when his agent and friend comes out and says that, um, and I believe it was his agent, you know, it obviously starts a little bit more uh, eyebrow raising, if you will, when it comes to what's actually going down in Kuznetsov's camp. Um, look, the problem with Kuznetsov and moving Kuznetsov is that everybody in the league knows that he can be a superstar. And he may very well be in his next team if he does get moved. The problem is, is that they have no really hard proof that it's going to happen next year. Uh, he's had several team run-ins internally with being suspended uh, by the coach. Uh you know, missing meetings, being late, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, and, and then on top of that, there was the whole cocaine thing where he can't play international play for still another several years. I think that <clears throat> to for another team to bring on Kuznetsov, they're really going to have to take the good with the bad, if you will, right? And try to curb his for lack of a better term, dickhead behavior <laughs> off the ice to get the best player on the ice. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love this player. I think that Evgeny Kuznetsov, much like Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh, gets a lot of undeserved ire. Um, he's still an elite player. He's had a couple down years, but he's definitely the type of guy that makes taking over a game look absolutely effortless. And I think that as fans... We see that and it's like, man, you made that look so easy. Why can't you do that every day? Well, the fact is that he's trying his fucking dick off. He just makes it look good. That He's still trying really hard and sometimes the puck just doesn't come to you. If that is hockey. Um, consistency is is usually something that veterans start to get into. Uh, I definitely think Kuz, you know, Kuz is on the wrong side of 30. So hopefully you would think that this would be kind of his prime years. Unfortunately, it hasn't really been that case. So I think that the Washington Capitals, I think Brian McClellan is open to anything, right? He's fielding calls for on any player. Um, you know, I doubt he's talking about moving Ovechkin uh, in any serious sense, but I think he is seriously thinking about, you know, you know, what if we move Wilson? What if we move Backstrom? What if we buy out Backstrom? What if we, um, you know, move Kuznetsov? I mean, everything's he'll he'll listen to any good deals, but the problem is they have to be good deals, and he has to be getting a return that he thinks is valuable for Kuznetsov and these aforementioned players. The thing with trades, folks, is that the other team wants to get better too, so it's not just. You're just out there fleecing people. No matter how good of a bullshitter you are as a GM, you still need to realize that the other team will need to get better. They're going to need to at least get some some assets in return that they can either use now or leverage for the future, a la draft picks or things like that. Uh, the Caps have a pretty good stock of draft picks. We expertly jettisoned some talent for some some draft picks at the deadline. And... Um, Oh, I'm I'm guessing that those are all on the table as well. That's funny money. What what do you want in draft picks? We'll give them to you. The problem with that is that a lot of these high profile teams are win now. They they want to you know Toronto. You're looking at Toronto. You're looking at like you know even New Jersey, Florida, like any of these playoff contention teams. 
you know, our, our tough trade partners because they need to get better as well. And you look at Kuznetsov performance the past couple of years, it could be a shot in the dark. Uh, so I don't really want to speculate too much on, on the trades. I know you, we know they're going to happen. The GM, uh, BM is going to do something crazy. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of movement and I do not envy him, but at the same time, he's going to have a, a different team coming up and it's probably going to be a lot younger as well because we're going to be pulling on some of our, some of our farm league guys. Uh, so who knows? Kuzi may be out, but I'd hate to see it. I really would. Um, the Caps are interviewing a million coaching candidates as they should be. Spencer Carberry, the assistant over in Toronto, um, is has been name dropped. The Washington Capitals have officially requested to interview him and probably already have at this point. Um, and then there's also Jeff Halpern, the DMV native, who is supposed to be a leading candidate as well. But just like the trades and the, the personnel situation, I think that the Washington Capitals are going to talk to everybody. And as they should, they need to consider all options here. And I'm not exactly sure if if McClellan is going to be making any major trades without having a coach in place first. If I were running a team, again, you know, I'm not, but it just makes sense that the guy who's coaching the team should have a little bit of a say or at least an opinion and be involved in the decision making as to who he's going to be coaching and what players they want to bring in. So in order of operations, I think that the draft's going to happen in June and I think it's going to go, I think it's going to be quiet until then. And then I think that the next step would be once the caps decide on a coach, they're going to bring him in. And then from there, I think all hell is going to break loose with the roster. So that would be how I would do it. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works, but you know, logically speaking, that's how I think it would work. So We'll see. Uh, coach first, you know, draft first, coach then second, and then let's blow it up or let's let's see what we can do to move guys around. Um, there's and then just there's just been so many trade rumors. The, the reason I don't really want to talk about it too is like involving Backstrom because Wilson. Like we're gonna trade today. Some fucking publication uh, that we all know. Uh, is came out and was like, could we do a Wilson for Will for William Nylander trade? It's like I'm sure you could, but I wouldn't like that. I would not. I think that Tom Wilson was slated to be the next captain of this team, and I think that he deserves it. Um, so I'm not really entertaining any of these rumors right now. I think the landscape is just so unclear that we have to wait until one the cup is awarded, see who's on the chopping block. Get our draft done. Get a head coach in there. And then we can talk about the roster. Some good news, though. The Hershey Bears are on a fucking heater, folks. They are on to the Eastern Conference Finals after sweeping the Hartford Wolfpack in the second round. This series, uh, the the first two series in the AHL for the Calder Cup uh, tournament are best of five. So the Hershey Bears just came out and just like laid them down in three. And then the best of seven series will start uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals coming up. The Bears will play the Rochester Americans in the Eastern Conference Final to see who goes to the Calder Cup. And I believe that the Rochester Americans and the Hershey Bears are the two oldest teams in the AHL. So a little piece of history, a little, if you will, original six vibes 
going on with this. So really happy to see that the Bears are killing it. Standouts in the playoffs include Hunter Shepard, their goaltender, who's been lights out, and my boy Alexei Protas just lighting it up um, with seven points. Sam Anus uh, has seven points. Uh, Joe Snively and Garrett Pilon. Uh Joe has seven points and Garrett Pilon with six. And McMichael and Morelli, uh, along with Protus, with three goals each. So, you know, it sucks that these players maybe weren't seen as much as you would like them to. I, I don't buy into it. I think that the roster management was okay last year. To some degree, there were some there were some things that I disagreed with for sure. But like, I think that the narrative of like Lavi doesn't play young guys, I think that's bullshit. Um, I think that the young guys that he was looking at didn't deserve it at the time. But here they are, uh, you know, especially looking at McMichael. Here they are, killing it in the playoffs. This is a great development chance for them, right? They're playing high pressure hockey at the highest level that they can right now, and they're going for a championship. I hope they win it because the last time that the Washington Capitals farm team, the Hershey Bears, won a Calder Cup, the subsequent years saw call-ups like Braden Holpe, Carl Alsner, John Carlson. I mean, legends with with the Cup-winning team as well. So all of that looks really good, uh, you know. And then there's guys that that we called up like Chandler Stevenson and things like that who came up, I believe, through Hershey. And and went went on their way and, and we jettisoned them. But you know, winning a championship at the AHL level for the organization is never a bad thing. It's always a good thing. And I really wish the Hershey Bears a ton of luck and hope that they can absolutely pull this off. I would love to see it happen. So Caps fans, that's about it. That's all I have. I know that there's probably a ton more stuff that I'm missing, but you know, just kind of giving you a little bit of a taste. I think that the this next the 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 conference finals rounds are going to be heated. I can't wait to watch. Um, and that starts tonight. So hopefully you guys are are going to be doing the same thing. And again, it'll be stress free. Uh, and and we can go from there. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of controversy, like there was uh, in the previous rounds, but. That's what we live for, right? High drama, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, until the end of this series, I will talk to you after the the matchup for the Stanley Cup is slated. Um, until then, though, Caps fans, have a great time. Live your best life. Love you, mean it. Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.